This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Well, hello, Steeler Nation. Welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. You may have noticed that I'm not Stryker because I'm your host, Jordan DeFigio. And joining me today is fellow SteelerNation.com sports writer and the regular host of the podcast, Stryker. How's it going, hey. Stryker? <laughs> doing great. How you doing, Jordan? Thanks for having me on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yes. The roles have reversed and it feels strange. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> yes, thanks for being here. Thanks for letting me host your podcast. <laughs> oh, it's it's our podcast, and I'm happy Aww. to be part of it any way I can. And if you want to hit the gallery view, I, I don't know if you've hit gallery view on your I side. sure did. You Then you know what you're doing. I don't have to tell uh, you what you're doing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. It's probably good to check. <laughs> it's a learning curve for me here, folks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's for me. I had to figure it out. So that's great. Yeah, but the only thing I've got going on, you know, obviously I've taken some time off from Steeler Nation, um, getting reset, doing stuff with my family, getting my, trying to get the PPP loan for my company and growing my beard. Obviously, those are the only things I've got going on currently. <laughs> well, that's enough to keep you pretty busy, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially the beard. That alone. Yes. Got to yeah, it's, that. It's at month uh, four we're going on now. And wow. um, I'm trying to see if I can get it to Kiesel length. So Big okay. Ben and Kiesel length. So I'm <laughs> see what happens here in the next couple months. <laughs> it's growing in very nicely. Do you have to do any type of maintenance to it? Not really. I mean, I like to color it a little bit because I just like a consistent uniform look to it. But mm -hmm. that's, you know, because I get some gray spotches here and there. So other than that, it's, you know, Looking just have good, to though. wash it. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's all good. Well... I mentioned already that this is hosted by Total Sports Enterprises. If you want to save up to 45% storewide on their online shop, make sure you head over to tseshop.com. That's tseshop.com. They have so much Pittsburgh sports gear, memorabilia. Some of it's signed, some pictures, jerseys, helmets, you name it. Go check out their shop and you will be in for a treat. So, Striker. Mm -hmm. We've we've had some time now, several weeks, to sit in the fact that the Steelers got pummeled by the Browns and left the playoff picture in week one. How are you feeling about everything now that we've we've kind of removed ourselves from it a little bit? For me, obviously, it was it, it was the season was a roller coaster. I mean, on like taken on as a whole piece of work, you know, we were riding high for the first 11 weeks of the year. They started to see some chinks, you know, weeks 10 and 11. Uh, but then we started going down the hill <laughs> 12, 13, 14, ended up finding a way of coming back and winning in that indie game, which was an incredible game. Mm -hmm. uh, and then closing out with two losses to Buffalo and, and Cleveland really, you know, it was it was a tough way to end the season. 
um, especially losing to Cleveland in the last game of the season. But, I mean, we were resting a lot of starters. I was still pretty hopeful because we played well the week before in Indy that facing Cleveland again the week after, we'd have a good showing. Mm-hmm. We had a no showing. And that <laughs> that game was so so out of character as a Steeler fan. I mean, I've been a Steeler fan since the late seventies and I'm used to, I've never seen a performance like that in the playoffs, let alone in a regular season game outside of the eight turnover game that we had against Cleveland uh, back when Tomlin was early in his coaching um, tenure with us. That was one of the times we lost to Cleveland because we had like eight fumbles in that game. Oh my goodness. It it looked like we were the Browns. Like we became the Browns in the playoffs so as much as I wanted to be upset to that game, we were never in the game. Yeah. So I couldn't really be upset because we had never had a chance to have, be invested in the game. First snap for over the head for 20, uh, for, for 20 yards for seven points just kind of put the game off kilter. And I'm like, well, we might come back. <laughs> we can come back. We can come back. We never came back. But as a whole, so to put this whole thing as a whole, though, I, I've gotten to sit back. And the big story to me about the 2020 season is how blessed were we as Steeler fans to see Ben Roethlisberger come back from that year off with the elbow surgery, which we never knew if he was going to play or not ever again, and not only come back, but come back in an incredible fashion his first 11 games. I mean, they started off, he had a nice running game the first five weeks of the season. Then the running game like left, and they're like, okay, we don't have a running game. But Ben's like, hey, it's okay. We've already played five games. I remember how to play this game again. Six games later, we got six more wins. And, you know, even though we lost terribly in that game, Ben still tried to do whatever he could to help us win games. And, you know, as a Steeler fan, as a Ben fan, it was great to see him come back and be able to compete this year. Now, Mm -hmm. I honestly think he can build on this. I honestly don't want to see him throwing almost 70 passes in a playoff game again. But, you know, it's, it's nice that we had him back to have that chance for him to be able to perform for us this season. So for me, as far as for rating it for Ben coming back from not having him the previous year, that is the way that I will remember the 2020 season. I feel a lot of the same. I think those, the, the first 10 games were a whole lot of fun. They were so fun. And (laughs) Ben honestly looked really good. He had, confidence he had strength he was able to make passes and make plays and it wasn't until the run game and the offensive line really started to kind of deteriorate that you saw a dip in his play and then there were just so many things that started piling up and issues that came to the forefront and it became very evident even in the win against the Ravens uh, for the game that was postponed from Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. that was when I started to to have this gut feeling that hmm, maybe maybe they are the worst undefeated team in, <laughs> in the history of the league. But I didn't want to admit it, and I was just glad we were eleven and zero. And then whenever we started losing games, and it felt like it was very evident what was going wrong, but there weren't really being any adjustments that were made to address those issues. Yep. That was when things started to sour a little bit. But 
I think coming from an off season where everybody was not sure what to expect. And yeah. having a having a start to a season like that with an almost forty year old quarterback who was returning from elbow surgery that has ended people's careers before. Yes, it w- it was fun, and that's yeah. what I think we should want to remember from the season. Is at least as fans, I think the the players and coaches need to remember that second half of the season because that was just embarrassing, yeah. and they need to figure out. And, ad- and address that stuff because well, they, they did definitely address it by readjusting the coaching staff. Oh as my well. gosh. <laughs> yes. There have been so many changes made to that coaching staff. The yeah. tight ends coach coach retired, yep. but they let Randy Finkner go praise yep. the, the almighty. Uh, <laughs> they did bring Keith Butler back, but on a one-year deal, yeah. So I think that's that's the most interesting thing because the defense was stout up front and then they had a lot of injuries and then it felt like the play calling sort of went out the window with Devin Bush and Bud Dupree. Yeah, well that and that's tough too because the Steelers were a very deep team and mm-hmm. they were able to navigate a lot of injuries on their 11 win streak. The problem was when the injuries started piling up at the same positions. Yeah. So that inside linebacker position kept getting tagged and tagged and tagged. And you know, Bush going down. Mm-hmm. Then you got Spillane going down after he starts playing very well and being an yeah. impactful player. Then you have Williams getting COVID. Then you have, you know, for, uh, fortunately they went out and got Avery Williamson. That was a, mm-hmm. that was a beautiful pickup, uh, but he doesn't have the, he's a tackle machine, but he doesn't have the playmaking that a Spillane right. or a Bush has. Um, also the, you know, left guard being the same thing, just like, you know, mm-hmm. losing, um, was, was Newski early on and then yeah. having to cut him just so he can stay in the league. So that was a big, big move for the Steelers just to allow him to keep playing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having Filer in and out and being bumped and bruised the whole year, big dot coming in the Dotson coming in, playing in was a nice addition. I'm, I, oh, I'm yes, very hopeful for him to be performing in the future. But yeah, but coaching wise, it gets difficult when you lose your quarterback of your Mm -hmm. defense being Bush. And what I didn't know is, so who does the play calling on defense? Because now like, we hear some reports that Tomlin might be the one doing the play calling on defense. And if that's the case, I can see why, you know, why Tomlin likes having Butler around because Butler doesn't seem to mind if he calls the plays and he's more of the de facto, mm-hmm. you know, secondary defensive coordinator that does runs the linebackers. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure really what his role is, but Tomlin mm-hmm. seems to be comfortable with it. He's just the, the middleman. He's the face of the, the play calling, but not, I, I don't know. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, gray area around the defense and the defensive play calling. My takeaway or the thing that I noticed, I guess, was it felt like they were still calling plays as if they had someone who possessed Devin Bush's speed at in, inside linebacker, because no matter who was at that position, they, they were having them drop into coverage and yeah. Yeah. The, you can't replace Devin Bush's speed. Because no. his athleticism is just off the charts. Yeah. And as good as the guys who filled in were, they what they were being asked to do was beyond their skill set. And it I was. think that's why it we really saw a breakdown 
in defense because not only were there a ton of injuries, but, and who knows who was calling the plays, but the guys were being overextended. It, yeah. it felt, and it just totally broke down there at the end, which was very hard to watch yeah. with the start that they had to yeah. the season. Cause even TJ Watt in that wild card game was kind of quiet. They, it, it was amazing to me, Jordan, because all of the players that took the week off to get healthy felt like they took the week off also in that in that playoff game. Yep. None of those people that took a week off did well. Pouncey snapped the first snap for seven points. Ben had four interceptions. TJ Watt was non-existent. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and um, Cameron Hayward was, was yeah. disappeared in that game as well. And that's not something that we're used to seeing. Kudos, though to the Cleveland Browns for mm-hmm. doing something they didn't do in either game that we saw them in the regular season. And they said, we're going to go to the Pittsburgh Steeler quick pass attack yeah. to get the ball out of Baker's hands. And it worked for them. And it that's really the, did. We didn't get a sack. We barely got any pressure. So that's, that kind of worked in also to them saying, you know, we know we can't sit back and throw like we mm-hmm. normally do because they get after you. So let's do this quick pass attack and see if we can get the ball out quickly. Like, fortunately, they didn't have to ramp up to it. Like, if we didn't spot them points early, I think it would have been a tougher job for them to ramp up to that point. But mm-hmm. when you, when you, when they start feeling confident because they have a lead and then it just confidence builds on confidence, they just ran away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Once they had that momentum, it, they never looked back. And luckily for them, they got the momentum 20 seconds into the game. So, Yes, <laughs> they really, but they did take advantage of it. And yeah. that was something that as Steelers fans, we just weren't, we're not used to seeing from yeah. the Browns. They, no. they have a very hard time or have had a very hard time in the past of holding on to momentum. Yeah, And even going into the, the second half, I think it was, they started to play a little bit safer and a little bit more yeah. reserved. And yeah. that was when we started to mount uh, a mini half comeback. fast comeback yeah, yeah but whatever you want to call it it, it got it, to within 11 and it was a, a decent game and yeah. if they, if baker mayfield threw an actual ball to that receiver that fell down that could have been a pick six i mean that was anybody's game at that point yeah. but that's you know if ifs and buts if you know <laughs> we yeah. can't expect that all the time would have been we nice would, but, yeah it, yeah. it would have been great but we i don't think that this team would have gone to Buffalo and won. No, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, just the way that they've been playing down the stretch, I think they mm-hmm. would have had a tough, tough time, especially in bad weather in Buffalo, to try to, yep. to try to be able to force the ball downfield that efficiently. Yeah, and I think a lot of that for uh, just so many different things. But uh, my, you know, biggest complaint always was Randy and. Yep. Now he's gone, and Matt Canada has officially been named the offensive coordinator. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of back and forth there because it was announced that it was mm-hmm. happening, and then we heard reports of the Steelers bringing in other coaches from other yep. teams to interview for the job, and it was confusing. And then eventually they said. Just kidding, Matt Canada's the offensive coordinator. So what do you make of all that? And how do you feel about the promotion of Canada to offensive coordinator? Uh, it was 
I love Canada. Um, I'm a Maryland guy. I know him from the University of Maryland when he had Derwin Gray and McFarland as part of that really, you know, open style, lots of motion before the snap offense that was just a, a great part to watch when it, to be down here in the Maryland area. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the most fun offenses I've ever seen at the University of Maryland, um, you know, aside from going back lots of years. But I do like the way he utilizes personnel um, to create mismatches. Mm. Um, and I also do like the way he utilizes pre-snap um, to confuse the defense into not knowing who's coming out where and what yeah. their assignment should be. So it should create more openings for our receivers and our running backs for blocking lanes. Now, the the point, though, that I wanted to make that, yes, they, they were going to announce Canada is going to get the job. And then they're like, well, we got to interview some people. That's because of the Rooney rule. Mm. So the Rooney rule was extended this season. It used to just be for head coaches. Uh, now, the, from the beginning of last season, when they redid the Rooney rule, you got to have two minority candidates for every head coaching position. And you have to interview one minority for offensive coordinators and GMs. Gotcha. So that gives them an opportunity to, so Steelers had to do their due diligence. Matt Canada was always their guy. I mean, you could tell that they wanted to promote him. Mm -hmm. They liked the guy, you know, it just worked in that setting. So that's what happened at least with that little miscommunication and that hiccup there. The Steelers had to stay within the Rooney role itself to make sure that they did their due diligence to be able to officially hire Matt Canada. But, you know, the Rooney's would be open-minded enough if they did hire, if they did interview somebody that just Mm -hmm. wowed the crap out of them, they would, they probably would have hired them over Canada. Yeah. Which makes sense because Matt Canada, they're, they're very loyal to their people, but Matt Canada is still pretty new to the, to the Steelers and to the system. So it, I don't, I don't really sense that, even though they wanted to hire him, that they felt that same level of loyalty to him as they do the more tenured guys. Yeah. Um, and, but, and I've got a quick question here on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to know, are we going for a running back? And Ooh. personally, I have to say, yes, we kind of have to go for a running mm-hmm. back, especially in the draft, because we're going to lose Connor. Is it going to be a first, second or third rounder? I don't know. But the Steelers will definitely be drafting a running back this year. They need to. And it should be day one or day two. Yeah, early on. Yeah. And there, I'm not as well versed with th- this draft class and with uh, guys who are coming into the league this year. I don't tend to pay attention to scouting reports and stuff. I just start following guys once they get drafted. But I know that there are a handful of running backs that people ha- – names that have been tossed out there that people are hopeful the Steelers will pursue. Yeah. And I, and I know the running back from Alabama. Yeah. Najee. Yes. People yes. are. And I've, I've seen maybe three or four highlights of his, but Holy crap. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think that you do have to address the offensive line. Obviously, if you're going to be getting investing in a running back, but you need to address both issues because yeah. you can't you can't put all of your chips in the offensive line with what we currently have because we saw James Conner do relatively well behind our offensive line and we yes. saw Benny Snell completely flop 
behind yeah. this offensive line because he was just running straight into the offensive line. He wasn't yeah. he just doesn't have the vision to to look for holes and make separation. And we didn't really see enough of Anthony McFarland to to know one way or the other. I'm hopeful that since he's a Maryland guy and Matt Canada is a Maryland guy. He's played in his offense before. Yeah. yeah, I'm hopeful that we he can at least utilize him a little bit better than Fickner did. Yeah. Because he would just throw him in there in scenarios that made absolutely no sense. And it was just kind of, I don't know, it felt like yeah. an opportunity to say that they gave him the ball. I don't know. But I I think you are absolutely right. They have to address running back. Hopefully they do it in the first or second round. And, and the only reason why I'm not going to jump on and say, yes, they're going to take running back with the first pick is because they've got to determine what the best pick is going to be out of a left tackle, uh, possible center, though they'll probably be able to grab a center on second or third round mm-hmm. um, running back uh, or even maybe even a stud tight end. Because if we have Eric Ebron being our only tight end going in the next Mm -hmm. season, that's not a blocking tight end. If we can find a tight end that can block and catch, that is ideal. You know, like just, you know, I'm not even asking for a Heath Miller type. Uh, I'd be happy with a Mark Bruner type. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just like a workhorse that's that can make plays down the field, keep the chains going. That's somebody that every team needs that in the NFL. Yeah, and with Vance McDonald retiring exactly good weeks point. ago, yeah, they yep. they lost their. He was uh, a monster blocking. He was so good at that because he was just huge, and he yeah. laid himself out there every play that he was on the line, and he he was just so good at that. And now he's gone, and uh, they did bring in a new tight ends coach, uh, Alfredo Roberts. So. I don't know much about him. Do you know anything really more in depth? Um, yeah, unfortunately, I know nothing about Alfredo Roberts. I okay. did not do my, <laughs> I've been taking, like I said, I've been doing my other work this past week. Usually yep. I read every single Steeler article. So I'd just be regurgitating where he came mm-hmm. from and all that. But, but yeah, no, I, I don't know personally, but hopefully he can teach Ebron how to at least stand in somebody's way at the goal line so we can get somebody into the end zone. <laughs> that would be nice. Just if we need one yard, help us get one yard. Maybe yeah. you that would be <laughs> ideal. Right. As opposed to not yes. even touching a guy on goal. Ah, <laughs> happened so many times. It was infuriating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, is. it is, but you know, but we've got some other, you know, positives at least like adding uh, Dwayne Haskins. That was, that was an amazing pickup. I, I thought that yeah. that was, you know, somebody, it's a first round talent that was dropped in the second round of his contract. So when you draft a quarterback, it's a five-year contract Mm -hmm. when you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, he didn't even last two years in Washington. So he's either going to be, he might be great. I mean, we, we also, you know, put a flyer out on another first rounder with Paxton Lynch. Mm -hmm. He didn't work out. Haskins is a little bit, not a little bit more mobile than, you know, a lot of the quarterbacks that we have on the roster. I wouldn't call him a mobile quarterback at all, yeah. but he's an accurate quarterback. He put up a lot mm-hmm. of statistics at Ohio university. And uh, I, I am really interested to see what they can do. And Jordan, my favorite aspect of it is he only costs $850,000. Yes. Backup. 
he got a futures gig and Washington's yep. still paying out seven mm-hmm. and a half million next year. A year after they're still paying out four and a half million against the dead cap counts. You're not paying mm-hmm. it out, but counts is against the dead cap. Yeah. Whereas we get them for nothing. It's a no risk, high reward for me. Yeah. That's the way I've always phrased it for, for, for Haskins. And, and it's only one year. Yeah. And if so, I, at first, when I saw this was very confused and not sure why they did it. And it was, it was all of the negative emotions that came up at first where I thought he just got cut by his team after he got benched by his team for an older guy who's coming off a leg injury and he got cut because he was basically just causing so many problems that they wanted to get rid of him. But the more I sat with it and the more I felt like, okay, so he was playing for when he did play Washington was meh at best. And he didn't really get a ton of experience with them. So his, his film is pretty limited and we have yet to see what he's fully capable of in the NFL. And it's not like people can't change too. Yes. It's very possible. Yes. Mature. Exactly. I, I think that we saw that with Ben and Mm -hmm. not, I'm not even saying that that is what's going to happen, but it can't, it could. And I think that what I'm hopeful for is that he actually does really well here and that he blossoms into that first round talent that Washington was expecting him to be because we did get him really cheap and he has that potential, but we just don't know if he's going to reach it or not. And I think that regardless, he's probably a more reliable backup at this point than Mason Rudolph just because he's a little bit more well-rounded he's he's got a higher he's got a higher ceiling I mean Mm -hmm. there's no two ways about it yep right now I'd say Mason Rudolph has the higher floor because he's shown that he can do pretty well well and be a winning quarterback in the NFL in that crappy season that we had he was six and three Mm -hmm. and um so you know he, he has potential to keep growing as well but you know you don't get drafted in the first round unless you have exceptional talent somewhere as opposed to being drafted in the third or fourth round, like, Mm -hmm. like Rudolph, it just means that your, your ceilings are a lot different, but three years in, I'd still, I'm still cautiously optimistic on what Mm -hmm. we can get from Haskins, you know, best case scenario. He's a good backup or sorry, worst case scenario. I think he's a good backup best case scenario. He might be the franchise quarterback of this team moving forward. So that would be the ultimate best case scenario. Yeah. Because we got to talk about, them come Ben Roethlisberger even coming back mm-hmm. next season and what the Rooney's have talked about that. Yeah, because Ben has expressed that he wants to return and Art Rooney said, that's great, but we can't pay you what you're due. If, yeah. if you want to come back, then things need to change in terms of your contract and your payout. Yes. So he also said, Ben knows that he's aware of that. So mm-hmm. The fact that Ben still wants to come back and he's even made comments about how money is not the thing for him. He wants yep. to come back. I, th- it, the salary cap to me is kind of like a unicorn or an, <laughs> it's, it seems like this mythical thing. That's uh, always 
there somewhere, but yeah, nobody actually knows how it works or. Uh, I, un- unfortunately, I'm such a geek. I do kind of know how it works. <laughs> Explain, please, because I feel like okay. there's so many teams out there that are like, we have a, a nickel left in our cap space, so we're going to extend Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. And like, what? How, so how does it work? I, I don't understand how Kansas City does it, but at least on our <laughs> team, um, Ben Roethlisberger specifically, that's who I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And the reason why Rooney is so intent about Ben can't play under that contract anymore. This is the last year of his contract. Mm -hmm. His cap hit this year is 41 million. Now 22 million of that is dead cap. That's from prorated signing bonuses that can't be moved. So 22 million is going to be on the table. Uh, He's also scheduled then, then the the difference is the 19 million he's scheduled to be paid this season. So what Mm -hmm. the Steelers can do, and I ran some numbers before here, because fortunately you got to show the outline with me. So I'm like, we're going to talk about this. I'll look it up. So if they take that 19 million Mm -hmm. and you you restructure the contract and you say, okay, we're going to take that 19 million and now it's a signing bonus. So that gets split in half and you say, okay, we got to pay our, you know, uh, nine and a half million uh, this season and nine and a half million next season goes against the cap. So that would get added to the 22, which puts us right around uh, 31 million for this season, which would save the Steelers 10 million from the cap. I know it's a lot of math, guys. I know it's a lot of math. (laughs) But the Steelers would save 10 million by changing his entire salary into a signing bonus this year. And then you say something like for next year, we'll give you'll have a a $20 million contract that will $20 million salary for next year. And Mm -hmm. that keeps us right at the 30 mark for both seasons. For the for the debt for the uh, cap amount, thirty one thirty one. So that's that's normally what a what a you pay for a franchise quarterback each season, as opposed gotcha. to the larger forty million is like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, which is an insanely high number. And I mean, there's going to be more quarterbacks that are going to be paid that in the, in the very soon. Yeah, yeah. there's so many quarterbacks on the move, and oh uh, gosh, I can't, yeah. But do you think that Ben will come back? I do. I, I okay. honestly do because seeing him on the bench at the end of that mm-hmm. game, that's kind of like, that's probably Ben's low point of his career. He mm-hmm. knows he can play. He even showed in that game, he could come back and make that game competitively, yep. no matter how many mistakes he made. They had a, they had a slight chance to come back in that game. And when you have Ben, you, you're never completely out of any game. So mm-hmm. the one, the only thing you got to make sure of for next season, if he's going to be taking a cap hit, the Steelers have to figure out a way. Okay, Ben, you're taking a cap hit. What do you want? What do we have to do to yeah. make you happy? You know, if, if you want to take a reduced salary, what do we have to do to make you happy? So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do see as like two years would be the maximum that Ben would play, but really in all honestly, on all honesty, I think next year is Ben's swan song. Yeah. I think I agree. after next season, he will not be a, a, in the NFL anymore and he'll be able to enjoy life and his family. Yeah. Based on everything and the way he said everything going into this season, it felt like he's, yeah. he's talking like he's got a, a, a handful of years left in him yeah. because he was saying he wants to win multiple Super Bowls and yeah. all that stuff. I think he was, 
potentially idealizing this season a little bit because well, they have the talent. They have the. Wrong they did players. have the talent. You can never bank on the. Yeah. <laughs> on the, the injuries, though. <laughs> you can't, or the play calling. Um, but I, I think after this past season, the way that it went, probably just the way his body feels after it. Yeah. He, he's like okay. I really don't have that much left, but I do have enough left for one more season. And so now that he's in that mental space where yeah. he's like, this is probably my last season mm-hmm. coming up. I I think he will be more determined to come back and make it count. And I think that's why he's pushing so hard for Marquise Pouncey to, to stick it out one more year, because there are tons of, whispers or maybe just loud screams that he's planning on retiring because people have been making those claims saying that he's planning on retiring, even though he hasn't said anything yet. And honestly, I, I love Marcus Pouncey. I have a Marcus Pouncey Jersey. I love center. I also have a Dermetti Dawson Jersey. I'm a center guy. Like Steelers know centers. They Mm -hmm. treat centers like the best player on their offensive line. And they should. It is a skill position. Mm-hmm. He touched the ball. They're the only player that touched the ball every play. Every yeah, play. Good point. Because sometimes they're snapping to a running back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're snapping to a wide receiver running across their butt if they time it right. Yeah. So this past season, though, and even the season before, this has been the decline of Pouncey's ability to snap the ball cleanly. Mm-hmm. And it really hurt us in the playoff game. He had some other issues during the year uh, when, you know, the first eight years of his career, he never put a ball on the ground. Yeah. Like he was perfect at getting that ball back quickly, hard, fast. I mean, yeah, he's a little excited for the playoff game, but I mean, he's also another point for him too, as I track injuries, I track how people perform for practices this past season. He was like, Ben, he took almost every Wednesday off. And Mm -hmm. it was the reason why the Steelers brought in was because we wanted a veteran to be able to play center and unfortunately, Wisniewski got hurt when he was playing guard for, as a backup and or for filling in for when Filer got hurt early on. And it's just it just compounded because yeah. we didn't Hausner really did not have it. He's he's a backup only and mm-hmm. you can't really rely on him to be a center for a long period of time. And Steelers could probably replace him with a later round pick um, if they needed a backup center to go with the starting center. But the Steelers will do due diligence in this draft to see if they have that athletic type center that they can build a line around. Yeah. And you really do need to build the line around the center. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the key component to the line. And as good as Marquise Pouncey was for so many years, I, throughout the season, we really did see him struggle with a lot of different things and even just inconsistent snaps. There were, there were a lot of times that Ben had to reach or. Yep. Or Or go go down to the ground or go down to the ground. They they weren't center mass anymore. Mm -hmm. Like he was usually a center mass snapper and it's, I don't know what's up with him. Like I gave him the past two years ago. I was like, Oh, he might have something wrong with his hand. Mm -hmm. Something might be going on. But now, now we got two years in a row. So it's it's a trend. And like I said, he's missed a lot of play, a lot Mm -hmm. of practice time. His body might be breaking down. His brother's already, I believe out of the league uh, and they're twins. 
So he might just be at the point when there's like, I might be done too. Like this is, this might be too, I don't know how he takes care of his body in the off season. Carrying a lot of weight is very difficult, no matter who you are when you get over 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, he still made the pro bowl, but honestly he made the pro bowl on name only. Yeah. That's the only reason why he didn't do much this season. Exactly. It's unfortunate because such a good player and a good teammate, you really yes. do want to see them be able to go out on better terms than that. But I, I kind of got the, the vibe that this was it for him yeah. just because yeah. I think he knows he's not the same as he was. And I think he's just, why, why put more strain on your body like that? If you're not even going to be playing consistently well enough to help the team. Uh, it's, no, it's sad though. It's it just is. so sad. It is because he's one of my, like I said, I love centers. Yeah. I absolutely love centers. Love bouncy too. Yeah. So if he retires, what does that do to the Steelers or for the Steelers cap situation? Yeah. The Steelers end up making some money off of that. I know most of the cap uh, sites already have had him off of the cap for a long time. So we're still listed as, uh, $28 million over the estimated cap, which the estimated cap on here is, I, I think they're trying to list this one as, uh, gosh, uh, 208 is for that estimated cap is supposed to be active contracts. 180 is what they're saying. 180 million. And we've got 5 million adjusted rollover that we didn't utilize mm-hmm. the season that gets to come off cord there. But at least I know what Pouncey costs is he has a dead cap amount of seven, six and a half million. Uh, but so that so he probably ended up saving us close to I think it was around 14 million for his total. Okay. So about seven and a half million dollars was saved is saved if he retires. OK, so that's a fair amount. Yeah, it. And they still have another 28. Well, if it says 180, they still have another 28 to go. Like one cap amount said 185, so they'd have 23 to go. Okay. I'm hoping it, it was at 200 or close to 200 last season. Yeah. So this is the first time in my history of the cap where the cap has gone down a year. Mm. And that's going to make free agency is going to be crazy this year because you're going to have some teams are going to have a lot of cap space, but most teams are not going to have much cap space at all so you're going to have a lot of players that are used to making a lot of money in free agency that just can't because no team has cap space to be able to play these guys so i don't know what they're going to work out with the nflpa to the the ideal thing in my opinion is nflpa and the nfl work together to state hey look let's just keep the cap at the same value we know we're getting this huge tv contract Mm -hmm. coming up and we're all making money off of that so we will cut this, we, we'll write that loss off against future years. So mm-hmm. instead of going up 10 to 12 million every year, we might only be going up 5 million, 6 million for yeah. a couple future years. And that, that would help alleviate a lot of the cap issues for teams and definitely for players just to have an, a normal free agency to, to have players get paid what they're worth. Yeah. And the, this free agency season for the Steelers yeah. is going to be wild because Great. they have uh, quite a few unrestricted free agents. They have 
a couple restricted free agents uh, on the on the UFA list is Marcus Allen, Tyson Alualu, Zach Banner, Jordan Berry, James Connor, J- Jordan Dangerfield, Sean Davis, Josh Dobbs, Bud Dupree, Jaron Elliott, Matt Filer, Gerald Hawkins, Mike Hilton, Danny Isadora, Cassius Marsh, Juju Smith Schuster, Cameron Sutton, Alejandro Villanueva, who should pack his bags right now and get the heck out of here. Avery <laughs> Williamson and Chris Wormley. Mm. Holy cow. Yeah. That's like God, that's half the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. That's a, a good amount of players going. In yeah. Free agency. And it's, God. you know, I mean, I'm going to do a quick count here. Three, four, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine-ish, ten. Oof. Ten players that were starters. You know, I, and I'm calling your sub-package guys, you know, Sutton and, and Hilton, I'm considering starters. They're starting nickels in this league. Both of them. Yep. And that's, you know, you have to start valuing, you know, who are we going to try to bring back? And the only people that I can see really bringing back would be Zach Banner um, because he's coming off an ACL injury. He's going to be cheap. Uh, and he's, he's a huge guy. I mean, th- this yeah. guy can is an offense, a starting tackle in this league. I mean, he, unfortunately we didn't get to see him play much more than half of a game for the first game of the season, but he can play in this league. And then you've got to make your decision on Hilton or Sutton. Do you want a coverage guy or do you want a playmaker that can make plays at the line of scrimmage, tackles for loss, sacks. And for me, when I'm weighing those two, I take Mike Hilton because Mm -hmm. he helps out what we do in the running game um, more so than just about any player on our team. When he got hurt, that was another reason why our running game went to crap because he and Alu-Alu both went down kind of around the same time um, and then didn't really recover until he came back. But then by the time he was back, Bush and all the interior linemen started getting hurt. Or the interior mm-hmm. linebackers. So, you know, it's, it's just a, a crazy aspect for there. And then yeah. one other outside, like the only superstar I would consider keeping would be Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm. And that is twofold. Onefold, if you're actually going to keep him, you keep him because Ben wants to keep him. Right. You keep him because he's such a great influence to the city of Pittsburgh. He is Litzburg. He has the brand of Pittsburgh. He, he goes out in the community and helps Pittsburgh in his downtime. I mean, th- this is a guy that, that just screams Pittsburgh and you love having him. But as a GM, as a armchair GM, I am going to state he is the only player on our roster that gives us any tag and trade value mm. and because there's a lot of tag and trading going on. At least we're for trading for draft picks. I believe we can get a first round draft pick for Juju Smith Schuster because in a, somebody else's offense where he's going to be, the number two guy, not necessarily the number one guy, but that number two guy that is a one B, one A, one B. And that's what he kind of needs to be able to really open up his skill set and be the playmaker that he actually is. Yeah. That's I th- I think that they'll try to keep him to keep Ben happy. Yeah. Honestly. For for no other reason than that and and because he is such a a solid dude i think that he he seems to want to stay and he had a really good season all things considered he had he put up good numbers he was really really solid with those uh 
the, the intangible mm-hmm. metrics, like those, I, I'm thinking specifically of the the play against the Giants in the first game of the season when I think it was Benny Snell lost the football. He yes. was all over it, and yep. he he laid his body on the line to get yes. that ball and protect yes. it. And he's he just has that kind of grit for the game, and he's he's just a good reliable receiver after the after the season he had 2019 2020 where he had quite a few drops and some fumbles on costly or big plays costly fumbles on big plays he bounced back very well and I I think that I would be I'd be disappointed if they didn't bring him back but Mike Hilton in my mind is the only other non-negotiable i think that he you got you gotta bring him back in terms of what he adds and i would love to see them bring back alu alu yeah i i think he 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 might sign a a a good vet you know quarter just to return and play with those guys because he knows he's going to have a good year playing in between to it and and uh hayward yeah but that's up to him i mean it's he could probably, I mean, he's getting older too. I mean, he's 32, I believe. So it's, mm-hmm. it's tough for him. He's not going to get a blockbuster deal. Yeah. It's not comes down to three, 4 million, 5 million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Consider that. I hope he does. Cause I would, I would love to see him come back. Yeah. We have a couple RFAs to yep. Ola Adenii and Ray Ray McLeod, who had a lot of potential, but ended up sort of disappointing. Yes. Mm. And usually with restricted free agents, you've got three tiers of retention. You got a first round tender, a second round tender, or an equal round tender. And an equal round tender means you get compensation of the same place that player was drafted. Case in point, Ray Ray McLeod, I'd I'd offer him a same round tender, uh, which is lower. It's usually around a million. Uh, But if somebody went out and grabbed him, we get a sixth round draft pick because mm-hmm. he was drafted in the sixth round. Uh, Ole Denii now is an interesting one because he's the pri- one of the primary backups. Um, now he's, he's going to be the primary backup with, um, with Highsmith coming in to start with Bud Dupree yeah. in all likelihood leaving in free agency. The only problem with him, though, is he was an undrafted rookie free agent, which means unless you give him a first round or second round tender to get that kind of you know, um, recoup that kind of draft pick. If he leaves, if you give him a standard restriction, if somebody picks him up, you don't get any compensation, not Mm -hmm. a huge deal. That's probably what the Steelers are going to do just because they don't have the money to really pay him a second or first round tender, but, and they're probably going to have to draft an edge as well to see if they can upgrade that position. Yeah. I would love to see them bring back Bud Dupree. I just yeah. think he's going to be way too expensive with the last couple seasons he had. I, You never know, especially with that ACL injury. Not that that damaged his value at all, but I, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like this year, it does because if, if he wasn't hurt, he would have been paid $20 million, $25 million mm-hmm. around that, that area. But since everybody's squeezed in the cap and now he is coming off an ACL, which is a question mark teams are going to be, okay. I don't want to throw that much money and build my defense around Mm -hmm. this guy, which is, which sucks because he is the type of guy you can build a defense around. Absolutely. But uh, 
Yeah. And that one report came out where they're saying like he may come back and sign like a six million dollar show me deal. If that's true, Steelers will sign him in a heartbeat. Oh, my they goodness. Get Bud for six mil for one season. Hell yes. <laughs> and uh, plus, he'd be, he'd, he'd be putting up stats anyway because he's playing mm-hmm. opposite Watt and they'd, they'd be he'd be he'd be a huge free agent the following season as well. Those two just feast yeah. when they play together. And I would love to see them play together more. I was, yeah. that was disappointing. The one of the more disappointing things of the season was that yeah. that, that tandem was ended. It yeah. was just cut short. And uh, it's just a uh, season of what could have been. Yeah. Yeah. It, and that happens. Uh, it's all right, though, because now we're looking forward, we're looking ahead. And so, regardless of who's playing for this team, our coaching staff has kind of been what feels like the downfall of of the the team and its success. Do you think that this the staff as it stands right now, Mike Tomlin head coach, Matt Canada OC, Keith Butler DC, do they have what it takes to lead a team to the Super Bowl? In all honesty, I don't know. And I don't think I can answer that question. What I do know is I know Tomlin knows how to get to the Super Bowl. He's done it mm-hmm. twice. Butler, I believe, was on his staff as a, as a linebackers coach one time when he did it. Canada is a question mark. Uh, he's never been an offensive coordinator in the league. He's a great offensive mind. He mm-hmm. is very effective in college. If it translates, it could really help out the team. But as opposed to saying coaching is the biggest reason why the Steelers don't make it through the playoffs or deep into the playoffs. I have to say it's, you know, I'm on the other side of it and I think it comes down to um, injuries right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had, we had some incredible injuries that happened at at positions of value and at the same position that really derailed a lot of what was going on. Um, Getting hurt deep in the season. I mean, I remember that the game that we lost to Tebow, we lost, two of our starting three defensive mm. uh, linemen in the first half. Um, Aaron Smith went down and I believe, I, I can't remember who the second guy was, but that's why in the second half Tebow had time. Cause we couldn't get to him. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it created an issue and everyone's like, Oh, you lost to Tebow. It's like, you got to understand the within game mechanics and how mm-hmm. things happen and personnel happens. And they took advantage of having two new linemen coming in on defense and started running on us and were more effective running on us than they would have been had Aaron Smith been on the field. Um, so, you know, you have to take the good with bad. And I know, I remember we had a couple of seasons too, where Aaron Smith was always getting injured late in December mm-hmm. and, uh, that was like her and he was always like one of our best players that was unsung, yeah. but always one of our best players. So, and it's just the, the league, it's the nature of the game. It's a physical game. All teams have injuries and the ones that end up going the farthest are usually the teams that have very little injuries to impactful players and impactful positions, Kansas city. Case in point, Tampa Bay, case in point. I mean, you got Mm -hmm. two teams in the Super Bowl that have been largely very lucky this year, keep retaining their their core as being not injured, as being healthy. Yeah. I definitely don't want to. The Eagles are the last injured team to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. They went through everybody that season, when, and they had an injured quarterback, and they still found Mm -hmm. a way to beat Brady. So (laughs) it can happen, but it's tough. It takes a lot of luck. I think they got lucky with – their backup who their backup was because Nick he Foles. yeah he was yeah. one of my favorite stories yeah if my my memory watching football geez it was just so great yeah 
And I definitely don't want to put too much blame on the coaching staff for why we lost because yeah, injuries were huge. And when you have your star players either making very costly errors like that, that snap and interceptions, like you, the coaches aren't the reason players turn the ball over or are invisible. Yeah. I, I just, I think that there are other things too, like Tomlin not going for it on fourth and one when we had momentum. It's just curious things that make me scratch my head and think. And he's usually a player that he's usually a coach that always goes for it on fourth and one. He usually is. It was, yeah, it's a weird season. Yeah. Whatever. Good. Take the good. Like you said, we'll take the good and leave the rest and let the team sort through all that yeah garbage but so ben's probably coming back Mm -hmm. we have dwayne haskins now yeah but that doesn't stop people from trying to talk about bringing every single free agent quarterback (laughs) into pittsburgh Pittsburgh. hits the market yeah so let's just dream for a minute because there are some big name quarterbacks that are set to be leaving their teams this coming off season. And the, they, Jared Goff and Matt Stafford already did the swap and we'll talk about that in a second. But if you could orchestrate a deal that brings one superstar free agent talent quarterback or a draft pick quarterback phenom to the Steelers, who would you put all your chips in on? And why would it be that quarterback? Well, I don't know why my computer made noise. <laughs> Sorry if that was me. Just wanted to answer too. Yeah, at least for um, free agent quarterbacks uh, coming up. Like, and I don't even know how you know effective some of these these guys would be in our system. But the only one name that I heard that I'd even want to make an offer to would be Aaron Rodgers. That mm-hmm. would that would be the only guy I'd want to bring in. Um, you know, uh, Hop or not Hopkins. Um, Houston's quarterback Watson Deshaun Watson Watson, yeah Watson Watson's an interesting play but I wouldn't want to give up draft picks for anybody Mm. I'm not giving up first rounders for for a a quarterback at least not not him like I give up first rounders for Patrick Mahomes uh I wouldn't give him up for Stafford at this point of his career and we can talk about that in a little bit but yeah Aaron Rodgers at least he's a winner he knows how to get deep into the playoffs I mean he's been a victim of circumstance and not a lot of luck either. Like green Bay Packers fans are kind of on the same trajectory as Steeler fans, <laughs> except their teams go deeper in the playoffs, but they haven't been to a super bowl since they beat us yeah, in the playoffs back in 2010. So, you know, you got to take your, your, your lumps where you can, but he mm-hmm. is a capable quarterback. He can make plays. And with the talent that we have on this team, I think he'd have a good season. Um, but they, the Steelers still have to find a way to fix this offensive line to take some of the pressure off of the quarterbacks themselves to help them be successful. Yeah. Agree. I, I think if I could pick only one, it would, I, cause I don't know what the likelihood of Aaron Rodgers actually leaving is like, it sounds yeah. like he, his comments after that loss were more so acknowledging that, he would love to stay, but he, he isn't sure where the team is with everything. He yeah. would hope that they would want to bring him back. And then the GM came, came out pretty, pretty quickly after that saying, 
he's our quarterback. He's our guy yeah. and he's not going anywhere. <laughs> he's a great quarterback and he had yeah. MVP level season. I, I would love to see Deshaun Watson here in, in Pittsburgh. I think he's a, a lot of what Ben isn't he's just super agile and mobile and he can create time for himself in the pocket like Ben could he used to be able to do that but now he's just slow and I miss seeing it yeah but especially after what uh LA gave up to get Matthew Stafford and just get Jared Goff's contract off off their books I I can't even fathom what Deshaun Watson's going to go for. So that's even dreaming big there. I can't, I can't say that I want him here because we would have to basically sell the franchise and move somewhere else if we wanted him. And we have breaking news coming in in Atlanta Steelers. Oh boy. Steelers, Steelers to make Adrian Clem, their new offensive line coach replacing Sean Serrett. Clem has served as the assistant O line coach since nine since 2019 so it sounds like they are doing an internal promotion as opposed to going out and hiring an offensive line coach i don't know how that makes me feel mm. right now i would have uh, preferred they hired somebody on the outside yeah. but it looks like they're doing an internal promotion from assistant line coach to offensive line coach with clem and to me i don't think that's good enough nope I'm not happy with that. Okay. I thought about it. I'm not happy about it. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah. As soon as you said internal promotion, I just winced internally because it's an internal promotion. I, uh, I don't know why this team has such an aversion to outside hires because it, it, yeah, they just get stuck in the same cycles and patterns of, approaching plays and game plan and strategy. And if they could just bring in some fresh blood and yeah. new ideas and energy. Uh, you at, just- least, at least one good point about Clem. He is, he did play in the league. He played for four years with the green Bay, uh, with the new England Patriots uh, from 2000 to 2004. So he's won some super bowls with new England also played a year 2005 with the Packers. So he's bounced around too as a coach, um, SMU, UCLA, and then being uh, the Pittsburgh's uh, assistant offensive line coach since 2019, now being named and promoted. So I feel a little bit better now about him being on the team. He won three Super Bowls with with New England, it looks like, when they were winning their first three there in four years. Okay, well, yeah, their offensive line was always good. So yeah. Yeah. Again, take the good, leave the rest. We'll see what happens. We, he still has to prove himself. I just have a knee jerk reaction whenever they do automatically just promote people instead of look elsewhere, but it we'll see there. I have to tell myself, I can't care more about this team than the team cares about the team. Yeah. So I have to trust that they're, they're making the right call. And if they don't, then they'll have to care enough to fix it yeah. or they won't. And that, that would be a head coaching issue because mm-hmm. yeah. Cause Tomlin, what's he on a year to year salary or year to year now, but we'll, I mean, we'll figure so. out. What's, 
yeah, it, it's it's time where he's going to start taking some accountability. I understand that, at least yeah. with this these most recent seasons. Because mm-hmm, the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's move on instead of get. I I can't get worked up over that again. Let's move on to some questions from the SteelerNation.com forum here. So we mentioned the the Matt Stafford, Jared Goff trade. Cooley yeah. Man wants to know who won that trade. Was it the Rams or was it Detroit or a player or no one? So I, I went and I broke down some numbers on this one, Cooley. And what it came out to is Stafford is a 12-year quarterback. He's been to one Pro Bowl. He has zero division titles and he's 0-3 in the playoffs. Now compare this to Goff, who in five years has two Pro Bowls, two division titles, is three and three in the playoffs and has a Super Bowl appearance. So based on a you know, Stafford was always a guy that had talent around him, but didn't seem to be able to ever be able to win that division or to advance anywhere in the playoffs against, you know, Goff, who came out of the gates hot. Um, so the way the trade worked out, Detroit ends up with 19 million in dead money and they get a third rounder this year, a first rounder in 20 in, in 22 and a first rounder in 23 versus, uh, and they have for four years, then they have to pay the $106 million, which is works out to 26.5 million a year, which which actually is very affordable for golf. Because you got to realize since they traded for him, if they dump him, they don't have to pay him a dime because they they mm-hmm. never signed his they he never he never signed a signing bonus with them. But the signing bonus of the other quarterback is still their dead cap. So the Rams have 22 million dead cap from Goff's signing bonus, 43 million to pay to Stafford over two years. You know, it's it's still they they get a little bit less that they have to pay for a quarterback for two years. What's that? Twenty one point five. So, but for me, it's like you had you gave up a lot. Like I would have thought this would have been a a man for a player for a player trade. Mm-hmm. Like I thought a young quarterback with possibly a high ceiling coming over to Detroit would be straight up for an aging quarterback mm-hmm. who's been in the league for twelve years. It shows so far he's been able to do next to nothing. Yeah. Uh, as far as for getting their teams advancing in the playoffs. So if you're asking me who made out on this trade, I'd have to say that that Detroit made out tremendously on an aging quarterback that's never won him a playoff game over 12 years. And they gained three big, you know, second round, a second day mm-hmm. pick on this year and two first rounders the next two years. You know, one of these years are, and, and that's something that they've done. Like, it's crazy. If you look at the, what the Rams are doing right now, they're just like getting rid of first round draft picks. They haven't had a first round draft pick since I think like what 2016 when they gave up a couple to get to, to get Ramsey uh, or sorry, they gave up a couple yeah. to get golf and then they use a, use a draft pick to get Ram or a couple to get Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And then they gave up a pick to get cooks, Brandon cooks, and then now giving up another two. So they're mm-hmm. going to go like eight years without a first round draft pick, which is absolutely insane. It's like what the Steelers used to do before they were winning games. They used to just give away their trade away their their number one picks for whatever veteran used to be good. I was going to say that seems like a strategy that a team would take if they don't care. If they want to win now, if they don't, if they don't know how to win, though, because they're it's just such a, a a haphazard approach to to getting players because there isn't there isn't really 
a plan. It seems like it just a, a guy becomes available and they're like, we want him. And then they go after him. Yeah. Like it reminds me more of the, how the pirates were at the end of Neil Huntington's stretch with them. Yeah. Just like making trades for the sake of making trades. And then you look at it on paper and you're like, whoa, <laughs> this is not smart. Yeah. So the only way it would work out for the Rams is if they get a Super Bowl. I mean, if Stafford <laughs> just shows, yeah, Detroit was is is a dumpster fire, and that's the reason why I couldn't excel. And he's got a lot of talent to throw to mm-hmm. in in LA. So I'm interested to see how he does. But that is the only way they get value from that trade is if it, yep. that those first round draft picks, those seven mm-hmm. eight first round draft picks, turn into a Super Bowl. That's it. And we'll see. Maybe they will win the Super Bowl. Who the heck knows? Maybe Matthew Stafford was the real diamond in the rough that. It just needed a good team, and Detroit just sucked that bad. Who knows? We'll see. I I am with you, though. I think Detroit won that trade yeah. and died. Jared Goff lost that trade. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. But he just wasn't – he played really well in that season that they made it to the Super Bowl, but – not really so much since, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Detroit won. So we have some questions from drink iron city. The first is about Antonio Brown. Okay. He said, do you think Antonio Brown forcing his way out of Pittsburgh and the ownership neglecting to recoup any money made it very easy to stay rich and leave, making it very easy to stay rich and leave, has had any effect on some of these other players wanting to leave early? Yeah, I I think it kind of set the tone for players being able to get rewarded from bad behavior to get out of contracts where they had multiple years left. Mm -hmm. And that was the only thing that I wish the Steelers did was – because you've got the guy locked up for another three years. I think he still had three years left when he, uh, when, when he decided to try to get out of this contract. And honestly, you, you've got to start negotiating with the, the agents and state. Yeah. We don't want this guy here, but your guy isn't going to leave unless he chooses to give back a portion of his signing bonus. Mm. Cause that's our dead cap. Yep. And you, there's got to be some give and take because we gave him that signing bonus, assuming he was going to be here for five years. He was only here for two of them. Yeah. So that was a good faith investment in this, in this player. And you need to give back, you know, it doesn't even have to be the full amount, mm-hmm. Like split the difference, 10 mil, 12, just to at least show that if NFL players want to go out and, and make more money somewhere else, they've got to be able to will to give up some of that money that they were given in good faith to be a player on that team for five years. So right. not in not doing that, because that's something that the Steelers have never done. The Steelers have never gone out and recouped money from any player that have, has been released early or, or cut early where some teams have done that. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, so, so unfortunately it's part of their, they think, well, that's the contract we said that was what he was worth. That's what we paid him. Um, I personally would have tried to force at least uh, some of the recouping to be able to be negotiate and get traded uh, cause that's ultimately what the Steelers did. The Steelers traded him away for a third and a fifth and we don't have Brown anymore, but he had to cost that, you know, 21 million dead cap on the season for us. Right. Year. Yeah. People are taught what they can and can't get away with. And yeah. I think that as soon as that precedent is set, that 
eh, you might be able to do this. People, <laughs> people take advantage of it. And he immediately turned around and did something very similar to the Raiders. He yes. got yeah. traded away there and then decided, I don't like. He got cut. He didn't get traded. He got cut from the Raiders. No, no, he, no. He got traded from, we traded him. Oh, yeah, we traded Raiders. him to yeah. the Raiders. But then and the then Raiders, he, yeah, yes, but the, they cut yeah, him. He, he's like, well, if I if I can be the biggest jerk ever, I can get cut. Mm -hmm. And that's and exactly. that's another aspect. You know, that's something that I don't like about free agency at all is to be able to say, hey, if I'm the big enough jerks, they're just going to let me go. So then I go, go sign with a team that I want to sign with, mm -hmm. which ended up being the New England Patriots because he wanted to play with Brady. Case in point, why he's playing with Brady now. Exactly. And that's part of the reason why I feel uneasy about Tom Brady is not because of his success or because of his level of ability or the fact that he's kept the Steelers out of Super Bowls, but the, the way that he approaches, he, he gets his mind made up that he wants a guy on his team and no matter what they've done or how they are or who they've like the bridges that they've burned in the past. He's just like, Nope, I want him. I want him and I'm going to get him. And that, that bothers me for some reason, but that's neither here nor there. I think it would have been probably beneficial to the, the whole league if the Steelers had tried to recoup some of that money. But when it comes down to it, Antonio Brown is not their fault. They didn't make him the way that he is. He no. and they got a lot of good production out of him while mm -hmm. they had him. Yeah, they did, and that's the the pro, I guess, to the whole situation. And I think that if if people are willing to take advantage of contracts and teams and financial situations, they're going to do it regardless. I don't think the Steelers had a hand in that. But I think that Antonio Brown being the way that he is and trying to make that happen in the first place showed other players that it's at least at least worth a shot, you know? Yeah. Yep. So another question from Drink Iron City. Why do the Steelers have the smallest coaching staff in the NFL? I am not 100% sure other than they're an old school family run team that doesn't feel like they need to have three or four position coaches for every position. They've started slightly extending some of the coaching. Like now we have an interior and an, and an inside and an outside assistant coach for linebackers and things on the offensive line where we started having a offensive line coaches when in the past we didn't the aspect and the thing that i want to see where the steelers really should start investing their money is in analytics they need an analytics guy mm -hmm. that just watches game film and tries to break down tendencies for other for other teams so they to make us more successful this is something that new england pioneered um mm -hmm. that's a big thing and the other aspect is also somebody in the box that's actually going to be able to help tomlin with challenge flags because right. man, time and time again, this season, twice, two big ones where we had an opportunity to get the football. We didn't review either of them because we don't have a guy sitting in the box watching film. Yeah. And you know, one, one was a fumble that should have been ruled a fumble. That wasn't one was the, uh, the, the, the play from, uh, gosh, I forget which, which game that was. I think it was, it was against the Washington against Washington where they correctly called it the fumble incomplete 
But the problem was, it was not, it was true, it wasn't a fumble, but it was a lateral. Mm. So a lateral would have made it a live ball. Right. You know, these types of things, not having somebody to help you get extra possessions when it's just as easy as giving somebody a job to be able to research and understand the rules and find the loopholes to be able to help your team win on game day. That we need somebody to do that job as well. And those are some spots mm-hmm. the Steelers really need to start putting coaches in to have them do that kind of work. That would be huge for them because yep. Tomlin's always struggled with challenges and knowing when to challenge and when not to challenge. And uh, yeah, it, it would be nice to add on, eh, just extend the payroll a little bit to maybe one or one or two more coaching coaching staff members wouldn't I wouldn't be the worst thing in the world maybe another assistant defensive coordinator there you go <laughs> just keep piling on the defense yeah you know, why not somebody that can, you can promote next year when you got to get rid of uh, butler <laughs> yeah exactly make it even more confusing as to who's calling the plays on defense <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to be calling the plays on defense soon. Right. Jeez. Oh, oh, gosh. Defensive coordinator by committee. <laughs> so one more question about Antonio Brown. And this is interesting because it is it deals kind of with the, the details of league employment, sort of. Mm-hmm. So Steeler and MD asks, why is it that Antonio Brown was able to serve an eight-game suspension when he was not an employee of the NFL and was not a member of any team? Okay, this has to do with the way that players serve suspensions. Mm. And the, the, the suspension is levied upon the player. It's not levied upon the team. Um, it is also reasons why, you know, uh, Josh Gordon was able to serve suspensions while he's not a member of the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Uh, while play, and it happens a lot with players that end up that are suspended because of drug related violations, uh, pot related violations and the such. So that the but the uh, suspension is always merited to the player, not to the player being on a team or being active on a team. So Brown did serve an eight game suspension. He did not have to be on a team to serve an eight game suspension because no team also one of the detriment of some sometimes with when you get a team, when you get a player that's suspended for, you know, disrespecting the league or for rules against the league, like domestic violence, um, you, you know, Gosh, you know, if it's worst case scenario, possible murder, drug mm-hmm. trafficking, you know, horrible, horrible things. Teams can actually get docked draft picks because of it. Wow. So as soon as they hear there's a problem with Brown, he was cut. The New England cut him right away. They cut, they cut mm-hmm. him like a hot potato. I was yeah. like week two, I think week two or week three, they end up cutting uh, Antonio Brown uh, when they had him. And that's because they didn't want to get the detriment pick. Should mm-hmm. he be found to be, which he has some, some problems with possible rape. Uh, and, and those are some litigations which are going on as well. So, and also with his temper, you know, fighting people for <laughs> knocking off equipment or not dropping off stuff that was moved because he didn't have the right paperwork or the, and then he just doesn't know how to treat people like human beings. So <laughs> you get, you get issues, you get issues, mm-hmm. anger issues. So that is something that, that New England did not want to be a part of. Right. So Antonio has to deal with his own house the league's like, okay, well, cool. You haven't gotten arrested lately, so we'll let you back in the league. Lately. And Tampa Bay signed him. Uh, <laughs> That's as deadpan as I can put it. Yeah. That's very uh, 
educational. Oh, uh, what a mess. I'm glad he's not our problem anymore. Oh, I know. I know. It's it's a breath of fresh air. Yep. Do we have any questions from Facebook or Twitter? Anything? Uh, yeah, Twitter is good. We we talked our Twitter stuff. A lot of comments, a lot of support uh, for Haskins, a lot of support about, you know, getting offensive linemen and getting running backs in the right. draft. And, and I'm all for that. Yeah, Love it. That's awesome. Well, Striker, I want to thank you again for flipping roles with me and being on as the guest yeah thank you yeah (laughs) excellent job host i appreciated the fun it's fun for me to sit back and just think exactly (laughs) isn't it i i had fun too i want to let everybody know where they can find you on twitter it's at sn striker that's at s n s t r y k e r Got some good stuff. He's also a writer, like I mentioned, for the SteelerNation.com website. He got so many good analytical things. He he's super into how things work and why things work. And I find those those articles to be very helpful for me just to to get down to the nitty-gritty of breaking down plays and all that good stuff. So yeah, check him out. Give him a follow. It's awesome. Also make sure again that you visit our title sponsor, Total Sports Enterprises on Twitter because they're always doing signed merch giveaways. You want to make sure that you're following them. They do wow multiple a week, I think, at least one, but they are at Total Sports Ent. That's at Total Sports ENT and then their website again is www.tseshop.com. Also, if you want to give your black and gold wardrobe a major upgrade, make sure you check out the steelernation.com gear page. Yes, like Striker is wearing right now, that beautiful looks so cozy podcast hoodie. You can gear up for all your virtual tailgates for next year, sadly. But if you just want to show up to a Super Bowl party wearing Steelers gear, it's a good place for you to go. We have every size and a ton of different choices to satisfy whatever style you are into. SteelerNation.com is the best site for fast, unique Steelers content on the internet. So click the podcast button to listen to one of our many interviews because Stryker has done a lot or click the forum button for the best football discussion on the web. There are so many Steelers fans from so many different walks of life. You can talk to basically anybody about Steelers stuff. It's awesome. Subscribe to the Steeler Nation YouTube channel to be the first to know about our vidcasts and video uploads. That's youtube.com backslash C backslash Steeler Nation. You can take you, out the backslash scene now. It's just youtube.com backslash Steeler Nation. Yo, there you go. Yeah. YouTube.com backslash Steeler Nation. <laughs> Look at us making gains. I love it. <laughs> you can tweet us at, at Steeler Nation. We're on Instagram at Steeler Nation com, com. You can follow the Steeler Nation podcast on Twitter at underscore SN podcast and Instagram at Steeler Nation podcast. And you can follow me, your host for the time being, at Fidge Newton. That's F-I-D-G-E-N-E-W-T-O-N on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're interested in hearing more from me, I host my own podcast called Helmet Hair, where I drink local craft beer and I talk about all the different Pittsburgh sports, Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates sometimes when I feel like it. 
You can find that wherever it is you listen to podcasts. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Helmet Hair Pod, P-O-D. I would would love to be on that podcast if you ever want me on there. I need to have you on sometime. I'm a huge craft beer insanity nerd. Okay. I I like travel to breweries internationally all over the country. Yeah, I'm I'm insane. So yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We need to make that happen. We'll save it for your podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we'll make it. We'll make it happen. Now that I know, I know. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. I'm your host with Striker, rooting along with you as always. Go, Go Steelers! Steelers.